Welcome to House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you're ready to get your physical, emotional, and spiritual life in order, join us for the next hour as we meet some interesting people who will share stories of success and wisdom that you can apply to your own life. Now, here's Dr. Connie. Happy April, everybody. April is upon us, and it's one of my favorite months because it represents spring and renewal and rebirth especially with our religious traditions of Passover in the Jewish faith and Easter for Christians. So for April, it's really not all about the Easter bunny. Uh, I think it's our chance for a second uh, chance at things and really rebirth. I I like that concept of rebirth. And speaking of birth, I'm going to share with you the special birthdays this month, a lot of special ones. And the reason I mention them, they're people I know, and I know these people are listening, so they like to hear their names on the radio. So happy birthday this month to Dr. John Amaro, to Josh Lay, to Joan Martin, Debbie Jenkins, Reverend Richard Mirage, who is my minister at Unity of Phoenix, who's been on my show a couple of years ago. Happy birthday, Reverend. Astarte Barnett, actually it's Astarte Bennett. I call her just Astarte. Adrian Salyer, who I'm going to see tomorrow. My dear friend Maddie Williams has having a, had a birthday this month. Rick Lewandowski. Donald Mullet, his wife Barb Mullet also had a birthday this month. Hardy Good, David Borneman, and uh, he's married to my dear friend Vita. Happy birthday, David. John Spears, Betty Corbo, Donald Pruitt, Jane Gaylord turned 90. Happy birthday, dear. Tim Snyder, Jerry Stadler had a birthday last week. Also, in my family, my grandson Alex turned five a few weeks ago, and his dad, Andrew Stevens, who is 35 years old today. Happy birthday, Andrew. Uh, by the way, Andrew shares a birthday with Queen Elizabeth II, who turns 90s, who turned 96 years old today. Isn't that amazing? She's still on the job. She's one of the busy widows who is still on the job. David Halpern, Scott Colson, Teddy McLean, Daniel Bunn has his birthday in two days. Bridget Gregory, Jennifer Adams, Jeanette Kirk, Lillian Evidente, Troy Jenkins, Carmen Reno, Happy birthday, you all. What a great month for a birthday. Also for anniversaries, my son Andrew and his wife Erin celebrated their eighth wedding anniversary this month. How wonderful. Here's to many more. So when you think of the month of April, people always say, well, April Fool's Day, right? April 1st. Do you ever wonder where they get April Fool's Day? Like, why do they pick the first of April? I remember when I was having my son Andrew, it was like, gosh, you you don't want to have the baby on April Fool's Day because... We'll give them a hard time about that, right? So, but what was it about April 1st? And I researched the origin, the origin of that and found out that no one really knows where it came from. Maybe that's the biggest joke about April Fool's Day because nobody really knows how it began. We just know when you pull pranks on people, make fun of them, you know, you say April Fool's. But I think the important part of April is it brings spring. The weather's nicer. It's nice here in Arizona right now. It's freezing before it gets super hot in the summer. In the East Coast, we actually had some snow recently, so everything's thawing out. But with the spring comes new life and rebirth, and and I think especially now renewed hope, especially when it's depressing and dark when you look at the the news on TV or on 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 the internet. And and it's really about hope that I want to talk about today. Having hope is important in your in our lives about carrying on. We had no hope. What, what are we still doing here, right? There's always a hope that things would get better, that we would get better, that people would 
somehow change to the better. And we're coming out of the pandemic. Uh, people are happy now because uh, the masks are no longer mandatory on airplanes. People are celebrating that. But we still obviously have to be cautious, be considerate of each other. But it, it takes a while to spring back to the new normal. And what is the new normal going to look like after a pandemic, right? So we're being cautious about that. Where were we two years ago in the middle of all of this about washing our hands, keeping our distance? But a lot has happened in two years with the vaccines, with people being vaccinated, with the different medications, with learning about how to successfully treat COVID and, and really to, to keep people healthier longer and to recover from, from the virus. But it's a difficult time. It's meaner, it's harsher. People are more isolated in many ways, having spent two years isolated in their homes away from everybody. So people are starting to come back to work and that, that's gonna take an adjustment. There are people who really like being away from everybody else. Uh, there are people who don't wanna go back to work. So now we have people who are don't wanna go back to work and you've got people who are trying to hire others to come join them. And jobs are out there. You just, people don't want to go back. So, and then you go to social media, which I still tell people social media is neither social nor is it true media. It's an oxymoron. And in a lot of ways, it, it has made people more divisive to, to beat up on each other, openly criticize each other right away and without thinking twice about it. Uh, you got to be careful what's propaganda out there. What is the political motivation? And I've always said for my radio shows, I did not want it to be propaganda. I didn't want it to be political. I'm not advocating one side or another. It's just trying to be as though you were sitting in my treatment room or in my exam room or in my office, coming to me for a physical or something where we would talk about how are you doing? You know, how can I help give advice to make your, your life better in some way, to lift you up in some way? Uh, maybe it's sort of a cheaper way for therapy without seeing a therapist, uh, I think we can all use some voice of sanity in a time that's that's difficult. And that's really my goal with my guests is somehow that my different guests who come here would educate you in some way, illuminate something in your life, lift you up, inspire you, and, and even bring some laughter and some humor. But, you know, how do we get about that in a time now as spring? We talk about renewal, rebirth. And I, it is a tough time. And I, I always look, so where do you go for comfort? You know, if you're sick or you're hurt, you, you go to healthcare people, right? And really the two heroes during the pandemic were our nurses, the healthcare workers, but really the nurses. And and I always say uh, good nurses train you to be a good doctor. When I was training in the military 41 years ago as an intern, <clears throat> I always learned on the internal medicine wards, listen to the nurses because they will make or break you. And so you go to the nurses because they see they're always one-on-one -on -one with the patients. We, as physicians, we know the physiology, we know the pharmacology, we know the mechanics, we know of, of the human body. Uh, we obviously are, are good at what we do, but when you institute the changes and you write the orders and the physical therapy and the things that, that are given, the people who carry it through, it's by our hands it comes about, we say in the military, it's your nurses. And I always say, you know, get in good with your nurses to the interns because they will teach you so much about what good doctors are like. And whenever I had a question about a particular doctor, I'll go, let me ask some of the nurses what they see about that doctor in the OR. I mean, what, what do they say? Do they like how they operate in the OR? What's the outcomes? And that's sort of the aside about if you want to find a good doctor, talk to the nurses about him. 
about he or she, and they'll tell you about it. So in studio today, I'm really fortunate to have somebody who has worked with me in my practice uh, for a couple of years, and I still refer patients to her to take care of my patients when they, they come out of the hospital. And I, I had uh, breakfast with her about a month ago because we were talking about, about radio shows and, and messages, and, and I'm going to share a little bit about our guest today before I, I launch into our interview. My guest today in studio is Christine Pacheco, and I call her Nurse Chrissy. She goes by Chrissy. Uh, she's an RN. She has a, an MSN degree as well. She started her healthcare career as a medical assistant in 1990, and she's been a nurse since 1999. She got her bachelor's degree from the University of New Mexico in 2003, and her master's degree from Grand Canyon University in 2015 here in Phoenix. She's had extensive experience with obstetrics, orthopedics, gynecology, pain management, cosmetic and reconstructive surgical procedures, but she's really living her dream of being a nurse entrepreneur. So in addition to nursing, she's embraced the world of business because, you know, how do, how do you get the word out there? How do you employ your staff? But she's got a staff of about 19 nurses now that work with her to provide the highest quality post-operative recovery care to patients all around the Arizona Valley. And coming soon to Utah, she's looking at branching out. She also coaches nurses from all over the United States and Canada on how to find their niche and to build their own businesses of concierge nursing care from the ground up. And I, I, I'm going to have all these questions for her, made her think about it, but I always ask them about their free time whenever she has her free time, because she's always busy. But in her spare time, she likes to hike and ski and travel and find new restaurants, which we love to talk about. She has two sons, Jody, who's 35, and Nathan, who's 27. She and her significant other, Scott, have two Frenchies who are adorable, named Moses and Delilah. Great names, huh? And they are spoiled beyond belief because she gives them tender, loving care like she gives all of her patients. So welcome, Nurse Cressy, to our show. Thank you, Dr. Connie. Thank you for having me. You know, when we had breakfast the other day, I didn't really recall like your history. You know, I knew the business side of it. I'm always fascinated how you found your your way to nursing care. But I mean, you didn't start off that way. Do you mind sharing? Because I one of the things I love about you is you're a great role model. And I look at in in Phoenix, particularly Latina young women in high school, once want to go to college, want to do different things. And it's looking primarily with the Hispanic population as a Latina. You know, can you share what it was like growing up in New Mexico and sort of what happened early on in your life? Sure. Um, so growing up in New Mexico, I mean, New Mexico has, it's, it's beautiful, but it does have its limitations. Um, I, I, I went to private school for most of my life in, in Albuquerque, but there was uh, the last couple of years that I ended up at um, the public school that was close to my home and, um, and realized uh, about four months into my senior year of high school that I was pregnant. And, uh, and so with that, they, they of course tried to convince me to go to a, a, a school for, for pregnant girls. I used to call it the school for pregnant girls, but it had a name. It was called New Futures. And I just didn't want to go. I just didn't want to go. And I didn't know exactly why. I just knew that I needed something more. And so they kind of made a deal with me and said, well, if you go and you learn all these things you should learn about having a child, you know, um, then we'll let you graduate from 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 this high school. And, you know, so I made a deal with them. So I did that. Um, and 
I ended up having Jody um, the night that I graduated high school. So um, my mother brought me my diploma to the hospital the next day. And um, it was that time that I realized that, first of all, um, though it's pretty common in the state of New Mexico to have teenage pregnancy, I was one of the older ones, um, if you can imagine, uh, being 17. I turned 18 a month after I had him. But um, I was I was just... Um, track of what I was going to say. Um, I, I was, I didn't know exactly what I wanted. I just know, knew that there was something more. So as I continued to work and go through, um, you know, my, my duties as a single mom and, and whatnot, um, I started working as a medical assistant. I really meant to work at the front desk, but they asked me to work in the back and they taught me. So I did. And I loved it. And I worked with an LPN who told me that the hospitals would pay my nursing school, um, if I worked there for a year. So I started applying at the hospitals, got into a medical record position. And after a year, um, I applied to nursing school. And way back then, it was really hard to get into nursing school. There were waiting lists of two and three years long. Well, how long had you wanted to be a nurse? When did the I truly didn't know that I wanted to be a nurse until I got to that office and uh -huh. started seeing what she got to do. And right. I, I was intrigued by what she got to do versus what I got to do. And, um, and so and it was a podiatry office. Okay. So we worked on people's feet. How glamorous mm -hmm. is that? Mm -hmm. But I also got to go in the operating room and see mm -hmm. them do surgery. I got to do x-rays. I got to um, just do all the different things. And I realized that just having that um, that time with the patients and, and being able to uh, be there with them while they had procedures done and whatnot, I, I liked that. And uh, and that's I knew that's what I wanted to do. And uh, And I didn't know what area I wanted to be in, but when I got to, when I finally got myself to nursing school, um, and it took me so long. Oh my gosh, we joked that I could have been a doctor with the time it took me to get my degree, but I had to take one class at a time. I was always working. And then, so who was raising your son? Were you raising him? I was raising him. Uh, I had a lot of help from my parents. I had um, my older sister, Angela, helped me quite a bit. So at the time, she did not have children of her own yet. And then, um, you know, and, 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 you know, I just, I had so much family help that, um, I don't, I don't know that I could have done it on my own. Cause that is one of the things that I talk to high school kids that is the predictor of success. Um, the, if you can graduate from high school without getting pregnant, you, your chances are better. Uh, if you are pregnant and you have a child, it's going to be tougher, but you've showed that you can do it. And it wasn't, I, I bet it wasn't easy as you can say. No, I mean, it wasn't easy. And I, I think, I think that's so important that your life is not doomed because that happens there. There's always a way. And I think there's many, many girls out there, Latina or not, who don't realize that. Yeah. And so, you know, going down another path, um, just seems like the thing to do. And it's really not the only choice. And it's really important they know that. Um, and, and there's just really no no reason anymore. There's so many ways to get educated these days, and um, more, more so than when I was there. We're going to pause for a little break, Nurse Chrissy, and then we'll come back. I want to hear more about nursing school because I I was, I was speaking uh, for the veterans at a high school in town, and somebody asked me about nurses and, and how to go nursing school. But I want to hear from you about what it takes to go into nursing school. How do you apply? Especially now, we've got more people interested in healthcare deals with nurses being heroes and, and pay going, increasing with that and opportunities and really the healthcare field. We need more, more nurses, definitely. So we're going to pause for a quick break and come back on House Calls with Dr. Con Dr. Connie and Nurse Chrissy Pacheco. So stay tuned. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the president of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families. Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano. This is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. Welcome back to our show. I'm in studio with Nurse Chrissy Pacheco, who's a wonderful nurse and and had early struggles early on in life. And we were talking about one of the factors that impacts young women as they go on in life is whether they're pregnant, the age of they are at the when they have their first child. And it's just more difficult. And if you are pregnant in high school and, and try to carry on with a career, but Chrissy has shown that it's not the end of the world. If you're a high school young girl and find yourself pregnant and you, you want to definitely keep your baby and raise your child, you can still do that and have a career. It's just going to be harder. And you need a support system like mom and dad or the dad of, the, of, of your baby, people to help you out. But then you had your start, Chrissy, with you know working in a podiatry office. You got interested in medicine and then nursing. What's it like applying to, to nursing school for people who you know want to try to go to nursing school route? Well, today it's 
in my opinion, much easier. And the reason is because there's so many options today. There weren't as many options back then when I was um, going to school. But right now there's, um, you know, everybody now for COVID went to hybrid classes, but really they've been offering those for many years now. And, and there's, there's programs within most of the high schools now, maybe even all of them that often will allow the students to take classes um, to get college credit and they can end up graduating high school with an associate's degree in nursing. So, you know, all they have to do is go back and take another 18 months, um, you know, to two years and they'll have a bachelor's degree. And it's just, uh, they can come out of high school and go into nursing and make, you know, $30 an hour, which is great, you know, pay. Um, so they can do that or they can do the traditional route, um, just applying to the schools. There's so many community colleges, which is where I did um, a lot of my instruction at and clinical rotations for the nurses. Um, or you can go to a state school or you can go to a private school. Of course, they all have different, you know, price ranges. And if people can't afford it, there's there's grants, there's scholarships, of course, you know, whether it be for grades, sometimes just, um, you know, certain minorities will get in. Um, there's so many different opportunities right now. There just really is no reason for people to not go to school if they want to go to school. How many years is it? Um, right now, you can expect, because um, they do have accelerated programs, which I don't always suggest, because most people going to nursing school have to continue working. Most people um, are not just in school, but um, it can take anywhere from um, two years to four years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you have an RN, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, you have an RN um, for both those bachelors. Yes, and so um, it, if you go from bachelors to um, masters, that's an additional eighteen months to two years. So it's kind of just each section of it. And then the clinical, where you learn to draw blood and EKG and the things that you do, that's additional training and internships and things you do that's in other places. In that. That's so included they teach you. in that two-year span. So you'll you'll start off doing. Um, full classroom work. And then you'll go into having a couple of rotations a week and sort whatever your topic is, if it's pediatrics or, um, you know, um, critical care, whatever it may be. Do you take a test to go to nursing school or they go by your GPA and from undergraduate or? Um, the state schools will go by GPA. And so those are a little bit more difficult to get into if you haven't been, you know, a straight A student, you know, they of course take the higher GPA um, students first. But um, but you usually go in and do some sort of placement test that can make sure that you um, you know have what it requires to get through. And if not, then you then you take the courses that are required. And it's amazing when you get to college and you're not in high school anymore. You're now you're above eighteen and you can do what you want that you actually want to do it. So you actually don't have as rough of a, a time during those classes. Yeah. yeah, because when you were in high school, you were you know maybe it just wasn't that important. You didn't realize how important it was going to be. So what do you love the most about nursing? Oh gosh, that's a loaded question because I love so many things. So I'm actually going to take my notes <laughs> out because I, there's a lot of stuff. But um, basically, you know, nursing encompasses such a broad range of areas. Um, it, it's, it's caring for people. It's not just the patients, it's the family. It's, you know, the whole family unit, the doctors, the surgeons, everybody. Um, so, you know, most people envision a nurse being in a hospital setting, four walls, or a doctor's office. But you know, 
that's not that's not what it is anymore. And I mean, I'm, I'm living proof of that because I that's what I advocate for is is thinking out of the box and 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 being able to put your nursing skills to work um, for for the community and for yourself, so you can have some life work balance. Um, so I think I think the satisfaction of helping people through their anxiety prior to surgery, their labor, say they're you know in 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 labor, it, all of those things are bring a, a certain amount of satisfaction that I think um, I I get a joy from. Um, you know, I've always been that type of person. I can be that kind of nurse that wants to be there and help people through those things. Not all nurses are made that way. Then you find those nurses either like, you know, say in the emergency room, they're not quite so touchy-feely. And everybody has a place, mm-hmm. um, you know, and all the different areas, you know, bring different personalities. How did you get into your particular business? The business I have now, well, um, I when I when I got my master's degree, I went into um, I went into management, and when I got into management, I thought I was going to be really really helpful, not just with the patients and making change uh, in the hospital setting, but for my nurses that worked for me. And um, I I realized quickly that um, that that is not that is not what was going to happen. It was it was not um, an atmosphere where where little old me was going to make much change. So um, so I went into the outpatient surgery setting and there was no weekends and no holidays and no call, which was a plus. Um, but I got to see them sending people home quickly from the hospital from, for things we used to spend one, mm-hmm. two, three nights mm-hmm. in the hospital for. And I realized mm-hmm. that um, we were going to, we were going to need to be there for the patients because they were not going to go home and know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started researching on, on businesses that did that. And um, I realized there was just not any, you know, and it was so sad because one time there was a patient and um, one of our nurses uh, set the patient aside and took the patient home for his lunch hour because the patient didn't have a ride and otherwise was going to be canceled. Oh, wow. And yeah. so, you know, their ride fell through or something. But I just saw a lot of that going on. And I thought we're going to have to try and figure out how to make this work because um, these are the things we're seeing. Mm-hmm. And uh, healthcare being the way it is, insurance just won't pay for a lot of the things they used to. So people are going home. So you're, you're not insurance-based, right? You're out, people pay out of pocket for, it let is. they have their surgery. Then I've sent patients to you who needed surgery, who are alone. They yes. they don't have family members. They, and you've been wonderful. I, one in particular I can think of, she had, she needed her knee surgery or hip surgery. Right. And she lived alone. And she said, listen, I need somebody to come take me to the hospital, pick me up, be with me at least for the first couple of days because I don't have any other family members. And, and that was a huge help. She's done very well. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, I just think people oftentimes, especially where we live here in, in this state, we have a lot of people who live here part-time. We have a lot of people who travel here for surgery because we have such great surgeons. Um, so we just have a lot of opportunity here um, to make that impact. And and I do, I am cash pay only. And, and I, and I do that for, for the sole fact that if I feel like if I start accepting insurance and Medicare and whatnot, that then they, those, those entities start telling me how to do mm-hmm. run my business and mm-hmm. how to do mm-hmm. my nursing. And that's the reason I left that hospital setting is because I felt like I was so limited and mm-hmm. um, I, I want to do it the way I think the patients deserve. Well, I totally get it. I'm, I'm a call serious physician. I do not take insurance. I don't take reimbursement. I am direct pay as you are. Cause I tell people I work for you. 
you know, I don't work for, I don't, you know, for the insurance company or the, the medical center. I work for you. And, and, that, and, you know, we work together as a team. And then the same for you with your patients. They, they hire you to take care of them. You, you answer to them. But see, you, you've got, in addition to being the provider of care, you're the business owner. Yeah. So you take the risk. And then you've gotten so many nurses. How do you, oh my gosh, yeah. I know, you've, how did that build up? I and mean, then from you to 19 nurses that you've hired. Yes, yes. Well, April 30th will be our fifth year in business. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing. And, uh, and so um, it started off just me. I, I got a couple of friends together that I knew were very, very good nurses. Um, that would be the type of nurse that I would want if I were mm-hmm. recovering or I would mm-hmm. want to take care of my parents or a family member. And told them what I was doing, and and those those wonderful women, you know, they they were ready to help. Mm-hmm. And so when they're and they're hard workers. And so when the time came, and I started, because um, I had to continue working for a little while, and I worked um, on call at a pain center. And so they were very good with me, and they allowed me to to work my schedule the way you know I could. And and I would call on those individuals when I couldn't leave work or I couldn't take the day off because it was last minute, say, and they'd help me either pick up the patient and go home with them and stay with them till I could get there. And um, it just slowly grew. Um, I, I ended up with, I think there was myself and three other nurses who worked just variety of hours. Nobody had a full-time job or anything uh, with me, but um but then, you know, the, the year 2020 came and everything just mm-hmm. shifted mm-hmm. and it's really never been the same. How has it changed? What did the pandemic do to your business? It, it just exploded. It just exploded. You would think that, you know, because surgeries were put on hold for a while that people didn't have surgery, but they did. And people had surgery that they needed to have. It wasn't elective. And so um, we helped take care of them. And even more so because people they didn't want to be staying in the hospital. I mean, mm-hmm. the surgeons mm-hmm. didn't want them. Go there. straight home. Yeah. So, so we took care of those patients and then we had cosmetic surgery continuing because it was in an outpatient surgery setting and they did not have to abide by the same rules as mm-hmm. the hospitals. And uh, so many people were sitting on zoom calls and doing zoom meetings. They couldn't stand, stand the way they looked. And then some it's of them, true. they thought it'd be a great time to recover. It's true. One of my plastic surgeon friends said she was busier than ever due to the pandemic because of zoom calls. You look at your face and go, oh my gosh, look at my chin. And then that's what happened. And then they needed your help to to help out. But also you do, you did COVID testing. I did. We did COVID testing. So, so those, those three nurses of mine um, went out and helped me find more nurses. So I I helped um, go through, uh, go to a business that was, that was um, scanning for COVID for employees Mm -hmm. and eventually for customers coming through. And I ended up with 35 nurses um, Mm. and we had probably, I think, eight businesses um, between Scottsdale, Glendale, Peoria, and Flagstaff. Um, and we took care of them. And and it, it was it was a great opportunity. And it was a really fun time. Um, it, it's just different. See, for you, it's interesting. Looking at your attitude, you're very upbeat. It isn't like, okay, here you are, 17, I'm pregnant. You know what? We can do this. You're going to, you're going to, I'm going to go to school. You're the first one to go to college in your family. You go to nursing school. Every time someone hands you lemons, you make lemonade. And then here it's a, a difficult time, you know, rather than say, oh, we're defeated, you know, they're not doing surgeries. They are. You stepped up to the plate and you grew. I mean, one of the, the statistics that was quoted to me about private businesses or uh, your, your own personal businesses that over half more than half the businesses failed in the first year or 
for you. And for you, congratulations, five-year anniversary. Uh, November is my 17th year wow. as, a, as a private practitioner in, in my own as a business, as a business owner, because that's your baby. It is. You know, you are it. And not only that, you it's because of you. You're the star, but you run the business. You hired people. You, It's all the behind-the-scenes stuff. And that keeps you current, keeps you successful. Do you want to keep growing your practice? What do you want to do with your practice? Definitely want to keep growing my practice. Um, so that same individual that um, helped us work during 2020 um, told me what I already knew, but it, it, it reinforced it. Told me one day when I met in the parking lot, met him in the parking lot, and and he said, um, "I said this was not my original business plan," mm -hmm. and he said you have to learn to adapt. And if you don't learn to adapt, you will not make it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yes, mm -hmm. you're exactly right. Cause I had just told one of my nurses, we have to learn to adapt. We have to do this mm -hmm. because it's, we don't, somebody else is going to do it. Yeah. And, to do it. Yeah. And so, and so, yeah, so, you know, um, November of 2020, um, our last place closed down and we went back to business as usual before the pandemic. And, um, and I've ended up with 19 nurses and I've decided to open my business in Utah as well. Um, I've researched there, I've spoken to nurses there and, um, and I'm excited. Um, oh, and we also started a mother baby team because we had, uh, individuals asking us if we had, um, nurses who could help them when they come home from the hospital. Oh my gosh. What a great idea. What a great idea. Yeah. And with my history in labor and delivery for the first eight years of my career, I, I noticed that when I was there and I, so I took me back and I always liked that, that line mm -hmm. of work. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't able to continue because that's such long hours and I had young kids at home. I had to get to change my hours, but um, I, I love that line of work and, and I've found some really good nurses. You keep finding interesting niches because, you know, with the tendency now, Definitely with maternal fetal. I mean, they have their babies. They're with tw within 24 hours, they're home. In the old days, you know, they keep you from three to five days, depending if you have a C-section, but you're home. And a lot of young women, if their mother isn't in the town or they don't have another woman, you guys are perfect to come walk them through how to breastfeed, how to do things, because they don't know. Yes. It's frightening. And, and and sometimes they have kids at home and, you know, the mom needs to come home and rest. She's had a C-section or maybe she's delivered vaginally and she's, she just needs help. Yeah. Um, it's tough. Yeah. It's a lot of, of yeah. Or they have twins or whatever the case may be. Husbands have to go right back to work. So um, we're excited about that. I'm, I'm very excited about that. And uh, so that. Do you even sleep? Do you get any sleep? I mean, you're um, not only, I mean, because you tell me you used to do Botox, you do Botox, do. right? You, you do, you, That's my fun job. Right. That's so you do Botox job. for that. Um, you're still called upon to do special patients. You're still, how do you keep track of all this? Do um, you do the schedule? I mean, who does your scheduling? Who okay, does all so I, I, I do it. Um, I have recently in the last couple of months been able to hire one of my nurses to help me two days a week to answer phones, do contracts and agreements with patients mm -hmm. um, and uh, check emails. And then I have a, uh, another um, young man who's graduating from ASU this year now in May, and he's a marketing major and he helps me on Thursdays and Fridays. And so you do advertise. I have people hear about you. You know, we, we don't really advertise. It's purely social media and word of mouth. Mm -hmm. And honestly, the patients that we've taken care of typically will, will just refer us to, to their friends. It and is word of mouth. Because whenever someone has surgery, I think, oh, do you need a private nurse? Mm -hmm. yeah. No, really. It's, it's really, you know, in the larger groups, there are certain groups that I use for my patients and you, yes. you, you just keep referring the same people. And and oftentimes that's exactly what it is. It's, it all trickles down the line and it came from Dr. Mariano's patient. <laughs> 
Well, stand by. We're good. We're going to pause for a little quick break here, and then we'll be back on house calls with with the doc, with the doctor and the nurse. So, stay tuned for more of house calls with Dr. Connie and Nurse Chrissy. And we're here for a quick break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, Visit applyeveryday.com. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the president of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families, Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano, this is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. You can like and comment on the Voice America Empowerment Channel Facebook page. This is the place to get and share advice from some of the best leaders on the planet. Get started today by searching for Voice America Empowerment or click the like button under the player today. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. tuned in to house calls with former white house physician dr connie mariano if you have a question or comment for our show today please call in to 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 you may also send an email to dr connie radio at gmail.com that's dr connie radio at gmail.com now back to house calls with dr connie Welcome back. We've got in studio Nurse Chrissy Pacheco, who is an RN. She specializes in care of patients when they are discharged from the hospital after surgery, but she also recently started another avenue of her business where nurses go and help young moms who have been discharged from the hospital with their babies and, and need help, you know, and it's it's and you know what it's like when brand new baby, you know, you've got another child running around. You got to take care of them. But what I was asking you about credentialing, the and nurses have to recertify so many years and document that, obviously, to, you know, for your credentialing and, and, and keep on top of everything. As a nurse who helps people recover from surgery, are, are there particular things you tell your patients to help the healing process after surgery to allow that to go easier for them? What do you tell them? 
Yes. Um, so if I get the phone call from the patient who's going to go into the, you know, into have surgery for whatever it may be, the first thing I tell them is thank you for being prepared (laughs) because Mm -hmm. there's nothing like being prepared. So when they call and they're looking at, um, you know, how long am I going to need a nurse for, do you know the amount of pain I'm going to be in? Um, I don't handle pain very well. Do you have somebody who Mm -hmm. is good with that? Mm -hmm. Um, so being prepared, um, is, is so helpful and critical to their outcome. And at the end of the day, what we do is an extension of what that surgeon does. We're just as important in your post-op recovery is just as important as the surgeon. Um, and just as important as your anesthesiologist, because without those key components, you, you your recovery, you know, will, will, will not be as smooth. And so if you come out and you have, um, you know, problems with nausea and vomiting every time you have surgery, then we know what to do and we can plan ahead. Yeah. Um, or like uh, just recently, we went out and saw one of your patients and we um, assessed the house situation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. She's going to have a hip surgery. Mm-hmm. So we took a look at, does she have stairs? Where's her bed? Where's mm-hmm. she going to be recovering? Can she walk the stairs? Which I yeah. think we've probably determined that, um, you know, she'll have to spend some time downstairs for um, a little bit until physical therapy can get in there to help out. And those are the kinds of things we see. We look at the bathroom setup. We look at there's a place to shower safely. Mm-hmm. Um, all those things. Um just, just, yeah, you move into their house and really help them out because a lot of them aren't prepared mm-hmm. and their spouse, they go, well, my husband's going to take care of me, but he tries to lift you or baby. He's going to hurt himself. Right. So, and and oftentimes, you know, they mean well, but they don't um, <laughs> know what to do. And, it's and frightening for it, them. it is yeah. frightening. And you, you assume that they're going to know, but they don't know. And they're, they're nervous as you are, and they don't want to see you hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we, we oftentimes go in and I, I joke around that we save lots of marriages mm-hmm. because we go in because no matter what this husband does, it's never going to be right. Right, right. So it's like you sit down, I'll be okay with it. Leave me with the nurse. You go golfing, we'll yeah. take care. Yeah. It's going to be okay. One of the things is the doctor that I, a lot of times I'll tell patients because they'll discharge them from the hospital and and they'll give them maybe if they do give them opioids, it's usually two to three days, very limited. But I said, just don't want to get constipated. Oh, because that's sure. the biggest thing I see that they're obstructed. The surgery went well, but they haven't had a bowel movement in five days. And you're like, oh my, and they're miserable. So I always say, you know, milk and magnesia or stool softeners or something and hydrate and, and try to move them around so that they can, they're, they're not bound up. Absolutely. That is, that is, you're right. That is one of the main things we always tell them is, and you don't know how many people will say, no, they never told me to do that. Mm-hmm. So we'll have them go shopping before they yeah. have surgery day. Just prepared. And they say, well, I'm just really not going to take that much. So, and I never have that problem. I say, you will have that problem because that's what happens when you take those. Yeah. So just start taking them. Yeah. You can always back off if you don't need it, but yeah, that's one problem that you can avoid. So now, for your care, is it ever long lasting? I mean, what's the longest amount of time that your company has taken care of patients to, at home? Well, the way I set it up was we would take care of anyone from four hours to 72 hours. And mm-hmm. the way I came up with 72 hours is basically if somebody's having an elective outpatient procedure, really they shouldn't need any that kind of that amount of help for more than 72 hours mm-hmm. because if they do, there, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. So that, that shouldn't be it. However, what I have found is there, are, again, because of where we live, we often have people who don't have anyone in their life. So what we do is we taper off and we might be with them for a week, but each day will be less and less. Um, but we try and keep it to at least four hours. And um, 
and sometimes we'll go in and we'll just help them shower um, and, and be in and out in an hour or two. And we make that happen. And so the way I'm structured is the more hours that the patients use our services, then the hourly fee will typically go down by, by just a bit. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like because you need the most help right at the beginning mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and at the end, you need less. Right. And if we're doing our job and educating you on how to get out of bed correctly, how to, um, you know, how to eat right and how to shower right and how to drain your JP drains, um, all those things, little by little, by the time we leave, you should know how to do it. What kind of surgeries do you see a lot happening right now? I mean, is it a combination of things, but is there one particular surgery you see mostly? Mm-hmm. I have, we, we see mostly um, cosmetic surgeries. We do a lot of mommy makeovers, mm-hmm. a lot of BDLs. What's mommy makeover? It's everything Tummies? from a tummy tuck, breast augmentation, liposuction. Um, sometimes a facelift will be in there. It's, it's the workspace. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so we do, we see a lot of those. We see a lot of um, the fat transfers, which is basically that BBL and they'll take the fat from somewhere else and they'll put it in the bottom. And um, so it's, it's just, it's a thing right now. And we see a lot of that, a um, lot of, a uh, lot of neck and lower facelifts mm-hmm. um, again, having to do with people being on zoom a lot and seeing mm-hmm. themselves. And, you know, I know I'm one of them. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> Aim the camera a certain way. <laughs> But no, but you, 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 there's a niche there. People need someone to help take care of them so they don't get injured, so they don't wind up in the ER because something happened. Yes. Have your doctors been supportive, the ones who refer you? They always respond if you call, if there's an issue. I mean, Very, very supportive. Um, I have a number of surgeons in the Valley that um, I've sat down with, and we've, we've come to our own special agreement according to what their patients need or what they want their patients to have. Um, oftentimes our care is overnight and then they'll give them the first appointment of the following day for the follow-up. And then, so we'll drive them to that appointment and then back home again. And then our care is complete at 10 in the morning. Um, so that's a package that we offer to a lot of our surgeons and, and they like that. Um, and then, um, let's see. Yeah. You know, there's a surgery center we work with. Um, so it's a little different. And they'll tell us when they have overnight um, stays. And I I have a core group of nurses who take those and they stay the night with their patients. Um, so that's that's a different kind of scenario. Um, it's there's never a dull moment in your no, life. No, is there? I've worked a little bit of rapport with them. One of them I worked with for a little while to see how they worked, and I got to meet their patients. I have one nurse who works at an office here in town. She will pre-op the patient. She'll be in the OR, OR with the patient. She'll recover them, and then wow. she will take them home, and she'll stay with them overnight. It is such a nice... It's the continuity because they get to know them. They don't have to keep... Like in a hospital, you keep changing shifts. You don't know who was there. Exactly. So exactly. it maintains that relationship because that really is helping them. They're like, who are you? You know, Do you know what's going on? I mean, it's it's really reassuring that, that it's the same person who's taking care of you. So, so the thing I, I always talk about now, I mean, this is a tough time. You, you were smart to take advantage of the things that are going on to, to the benefit of your patients and your business. How do you, you know, you're so active. You're, you're always doing something. What do you, how do you recharge your batteries? <laughs> um, wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you do red wine, it increases your HDL. Right. So. Um, no, you know, I, I, I take time to exercise. I was not always a person who exercised. So that's important to me. Um, who walks your dogs? I walk my dogs. You have time. Um, I do have a, I do have a girl who walks my dogs, um, when I can't, when I'm gone during the day, but, um, I try to do that at least, um, twice a day, get them outside. 
Um, I, I, How old I are love they? spa days. How old are your Frenchies? Oh, um, Moses just turned four and Delilah is three. Yeah. And so um, they're from different families. They don't come from the same breeder and uh, they are just spoiled as. Why'd you pick, pick a Frenchie? They are adorable. They're so cute. Um, I've always liked them, but I've never had one. But um, but Scott, he always had Frenchies. And so he um, had this idea. And so we searched, literally, we waited for a year for the type of um, coloring and everything. And then I flew to Dallas and actually picked up Moses. Those your babies. Yes. Yeah. Well, they, they, there was a rise in people getting dogs during COVID. Yes. You know, and it's a source, they're a source of unconditional love. They get you up every morning, they get you out, you walk with them, they forgive you, they're, you know, they yes. make you happy. You know, I had my dog girl at the time, um, she, her business just oh, I bet. went down the drain because people nope. are home now. Oh. So they could be home with their dogs. And so she didn't, she's like, oh, oh that's what do right. I do? Well, lucky for me, she helped me with my social media and okay. she helped me with different things on my website. And well, how do you find all these? Because you said you hired somebody who does your media. You're an ASU graduate, right? Soon I did to be grad. post for that. I did post. I didn't post for social media, but I posted for an assistant and a, a CRNA that I used to work with um, reached out to me. She follows me. She said, hey, you know, I have a great idea. And I was like, that's perfect. Um, and and he's just been lovely. And of course, now he's going to go away because now he's going to go into the world and get a job. But now there's going to have to find someone else. But he's he's awesome. Um, my nurse, uh, Megan, has picked up and, and and helped me. And it's so good to have her because she knows the right questions to ask. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been really helpful. So I'm looking forward to getting more help so that I can kind of be able to step away once in a while so I can take even more of a break. Because yeah. before we came on, I said my phone never it's never off. It's do you gone. get calls in the middle of the night? Um, no, I, I don't. My nurses are so good. And they're the only time they typically reach out to me is if there's going to be a problem. And I ask them to do that because they're all independent contractors. So really, they just mm-hmm. run the show. And um, I just tell them to let me know if, you know, if they're in the surgery center and anybody has to, for some reason, go to the hospital, let me know. If you're with somebody in their home and you end up having to call the surgeon because there's a problem, you know, let me know. And, 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 you know, it's so But do you rare. ever go on vacation? Do you get a break from anything? You, I go on vacation, but so does my phone. So it comes, so it comes with, with you. Me. Right. As long as you don't get surgery and undergo, undergo anesthesia, you're That's all right. right. I do have my, have my right-hand girl, Tracy. She helps me a lot. So if there was that situation, I had the phone to her and she knows what Do you mentor do. other nurses? I do. I do. It kind of evolved into that. Um, I, I have nurses who call me wanting to start their own business and Mm -hmm. so um that's that's a small component of my my little journey here and 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 they call me and and like now i I meet with two girls out of san antonio that are starting a business and they're great and they're going to do really well so how do you prevent getting burned out i i i i don't get burned i haven't gotten burned out since i was in the hospital because i enjoy what i do Yeah, yeah you know and I, I just, sometimes I don't feel like a nurse anymore because I'm doing so, so many administrative things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I usually will start taking care of patients again. So yeah. I feel like that. It gets you back there. Because yeah, yeah. you remember why you went into it. Exactly. So what advice, so what advice do you give to people out there that your listeners here who are just like, oh, it's it's a rough time to go through the pandemic. You know, it's it's tough, the economy, social media, what's happening in Ukraine. You know, it's it's a tough time. And, and how do you lift them up? You know, let's say a patient's recovering. It's like, it's so hard. I mean, what do you, what do you tell people? 
you know, I, I, I haven't, I haven't focused on the positive. I, I always, I always, whether it's my patient or my friends or wherever, um, is to, to focus on, you know, what are the good things that have come out of this? When's, you know, before the pandemic, people weren't sitting down at dinner together, mm-hmm. but now they had to, cause they couldn't <laughs> go out places and they spent more time with each other, which was a lot of, for a lot of people, <laughs> a make it or break it type yeah. of yeah. You know, situation. Exactly. And, and we know people in, on both sides of that coin. Um, but, but more seeing um, the positive nature of, of people coming together, uh, you know, what kind of things have you been doing since COVID that you didn't do before? And mm-hmm. most of the time it comes down to the amount of time you're spending with your loved ones and not taking things for granted anymore. Yeah. And all of us who thought, you know, oh, I won't ever get it. And then we we did, we got it. And thankfully we all came through it. And, mm-hmm. you know, my parents came through it and they both had it. And um, it's just, I think just being positive. And if you have a faith that you follow, mm-hmm. you stay strong in that faith. And, and don't forget, you know, um, that we're here, we're here to be a, a positive voice to people and not be the type of person that no one wants to be around because they're just negative. Um, pe- people don't need more negative. They need more uplifting. And, well, yeah. well, you've, you've provided that for this show. So I, I want to thank you for being on the show and thank you for the great care to all my patients that you help and you know, keep doing what you're doing. You're here for a reason. You you, you have such an inspiring story and, and you're helping so many people at it too. So thanks for being on the show and for all of you listening out there, stay positive, stay grateful and have a great rest of the month and be hopeful. Take care and we'll talk to you next month. God bless. Thank you again for joining us this week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. We'll be back next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a terrific week.